0: I'm going to be preaching you today from Luke 10, and we're actually going to go to Luke 10 and then Luke 1. So if you have your Bibles, you can go to Luke 10, and thank you, Mom, for that. And I uh, titled this message The Mark of a Mom, and um, how many of you know that you can spot a mom? Does anybody know that? There's some things that you can spot a mom for, and I'm going to show you some. Some you're going to probably cringe at me for and be mad at me but some of them you'll laugh, I'm sure, but you can spot a mom. One of the ways you can spot a mom is this. Now, this is one mark of a mom. Now, dads, some of you have these too, but you don't have an excuse, all right? Just throwing that out there. And there's been a movement that's gone on um, where moms are not ashamed to show their stretch marks. And they've been posting pictures on social media for a couple years. I guess it started maybe early last year. And it's all about just um, moms embracing the beauty of motherhood. And so I want to tell you that um, that this is, some folks see this as something that's a blemish. I see it as a roadmap of the journey and beauty of of a mom giving birth and and producing life, which is the greatest miracle we can ever have. And so I think it's beautiful. Um, But that's one mark of a mom. This is another mark of a mom. Maybe some of you, (laughs) her van or her vehicle. Is anybody just feeling like all of a sudden just like, oh my heavens? I I don't know what it is about kids, but they can make... I'm a messy person, but my two children out-mess me. And that's something to be said. My daughter, Lainey, she's in Sunday school, so I can talk about her. When she eats something, sometimes she's eating on the way to school because she doesn't like to get up early in the morning. And she'll be eating, like, something. And I have never seen somebody get so much of it outside of their mouth. (laughs) It looks like a bomb went off when she leaves for school in the morning. There are crumbs from one side of the chair to the other all over the carpet, smeared on her, her shorts and shirt. I'm like, they're going to think that we never cl- clean your clothes. They were clean five minutes ago. Doesn't matter what I tell her, she's going to get it everywhere. So maybe this is the mark of a mom here. Anybody ever pull up to school and open the door and something falls out? Only a couple of honest people. Pieces. <laughs> piece Leah said pieces of the seat. She had a couple of seats that went south. Let's put it that way. Here's another one. The mark of a mom. My mom said for about uh, a good six or seven years of her life that she just never didn't smell like spoiled milk. At one time, my mom had... Four children, five and under. Yeah, crazy. When I was five, Jim was eight and a half. And uh, that was when my brother Matthew was born. So there was four of us, five and under. So you can imagine how many times mom's shoulder and many of your shoulders were marked with some spit up. Another mark of a mom is her purse. Honey, do you mind if I show what you carry? Come on, let's see it. Do we have any single ladies here that have like a clutch? Can you hold those up? A cute little clutch, like with your, oh my God, barf, okay? Bring that here, bring that here. Look at this. I just want to do a comparison so you can see the mark of a mom. This holds a lipstick and a credit card, okay? Honey, will you bring that up here? Let's do a comparison if we can. No, 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 both bags. No, that wasn't, that wasn't both. Okay. See this thing is like the Navy SEALs would be jealous of how, much, how many things she has available in here. She, this is it, is, it is quite the, she doesn't just have things for both children, she has things for me. Not diapers, okay? <laughs> this is, I was thinking about the only thing, my, I don't even know if my, mom, my wife has a clutch. I think the only thing that she's clutching is trying to clutch her, onto her sanity, all right? For every last waking moment with me and our two l- little ones. But moms have certain things that mark them. Another thing that marks them is their ability to deal with interruptions. Their ability to deal with interruptions. I was telling my mom what I was going to preach, and she said to me, she said, I was interrupted so much when you kids were little by the five of you that after you were all gone, my mind was so used to it that it just continued to randomly interrupt itself. (laughs) And she said, do you know what I'm talking about? She said, she said, you know, sometimes when I'm talking to you, I'm like, what was I just saying? She said, that's my mind is still recovering from when you kids used to interrupt me all the time. She says, I believe that. <laughs> but interruptions, interruptions. You, you guys do an amazing job with how you deal with constant interruptions. But you know, sometimes in the busyness of life, sometimes when we get really busy, we miss these opportunities that presented themselves to us because our head is down and we don't always see what's in front of us. What I'm getting ready to show you ladies, and I'm going to tell you in advance, you're welcome, is maybe the greatest argument against God creating man. You ready for this? Turn the audio up just for the first part of this, Michael, if you can. (laughs) And the car is literally swerving all over the place. So you can see it doesn't. Turn the audio off because I think there's a couple words we don't want spread in church. You can let it roll. That's a parked car. How many women can identify that this could potentially happen to their husband because they get so one-track-minded? Anybody here? He <laughs> just shake, shake it off. Shake it off, mama. <laughs> His wife back then. She's like, Milton, you hit a parked car? How do you hit a parked car? I knew that car was there before we even rounded the corner. I could tell you the color and the number of occupants. <laughs> He's, she's literally looking at the car like, did he really just hit that? Yeah, that. <laughs> How many of you know sometimes we can get so busy in life and so concerned with keeping all of the the hamsters in their wheels and the wheels turning that we we miss the point of some stuff. Today I'm not just saying this message for moms. I'm saying this for every single one of us today. Every person in this room can learn from this biblical principle. I want to teach you about the gift of interruptions and how it really is a gift in our life. Luke 10 says, in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. Oops, sorry, I'm not keeping up with myself. Uh, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. You know, this day, these three men at different times of the day were walking past a man who was on the brink of death, severely beaten by robbers. A Jew. And a priest who's probably a a good man, lives his life every day serving in the temple. A Levite, another good man, whose family was responsible, uh, the the Levites for years were responsible for taking care of and hosting the very presence of God. They're they're known as a tribe of worship. They're known as a tribe of the glory and the presence of God. Both good people, both good men, But all they saw that day was an interruption. All they saw walking down that street was something that would interrupt their day. Where two men saw an interruption, one man, the Samaritan in this case, saw an invitation. Where two men saw an interruption, one man saw an invitation. I want to tell you this today. Sometimes the greatest invitations In your life will come packaged as interruptions. Some of the greatest things that you'll ever experience in your life, and especially in the kingdom of God, will come packaged as things that are inconvenient and more than likely be interruptions in your life. I want to teach you today on three ways, and I'm going to do this quickly and get you out of here so you can get to Mother's Day lunch and the things that you plan on doing. I'm going to give you three quick ways today on how you can learn, both as men and women here today, how you can learn to no longer see the interruptions, but learn to hear God's voice and see the invitations. I'm going to teach you how to do that today. The first way that we can do that is we have to make room. We have to make room. We have to make room, and I, I picked out three areas, but there's plenty of ways that we can make room in our life. But the three ways that I picked out are to make space in your schedule, to make space in your mind, and to make space in your wallet. To make space. Those, that Samaritan had to have space in his schedule that day in order to be able to stop and to help that man who was literally beaten to the brink on the edge of death. That Samaritan had to have space in his mind to even notice that the man was there. Just like the gentleman who had an had a argument with a parked car there a moment ago. Some people don't even have enough space in their, they're so consumed with whatever's going on in their life, they can't even, they, there's no space in their mind to see it. And the last thing is, is that the good Samaritan, or the good Samaritan, had enough money, money that he could use, that he was able to pour wine, or pour wine for the man, and give him oil, and pay to have him put up somewhere. It took space in those three things, and I got to, Folks, today, if we took a real honest account of where most people are around us in our nation, we don't have room in our schedule, we don't have room in our mind, and we don't have room in our budget for any, any interruptions. And what if the desires of our heart to see God move and use our lives is going to come via an interruption and we don't have room for it? What if that's possible? Sometimes we wonder why God might may or may not be using us, get bitter about it. But my question is, when do we actually give him space to do the very things our heart desires? I was at, um, I was preparing this message this week. I started on Wednesday and preparing this message. And on, I think it was either Thursday or Friday, I actually had to live the message out. I know that's a novel idea. <laughs> that the pastor actually lives what he preaches. I was presented with an opportunity. I wanted to tell you this because it was shocking. And what's funny is, I don't know if Alex is here. Um, I don't know if he is here, but Alex actually pulled up right after this happened. And I told him about it before I left the gas station. I was at a gas station. I was, had some time in my schedule a little bit of extra time, because for once in my life, I was early to pick up my daughter, and it was on Clark Road. And I stopped at the gas station, went inside, paid, came out. And as I was walking out, there was an, and I'm going to only say this, don't be offended, an old lady. When I say old, I mean like 95. Can we all agree that's old? Some people are like, I ain't going there. She was very experienced, okay? And she had a car. It, must, it looked like a brand new smart car. I don't even know what it was. I just remember it was red. And she was trying to figure out how to put gas in it. She didn't know how to do the credit card machine. She didn't know, when do you pay? When do you take out the nozzle? She didn't know how to work anything. She was confused. Maybe she shouldn't have been driving, but that's a whole other story. Maybe her husband used to do it. And that's what I was actually thinking, that her husband probably used to do it, and he may have passed away. And she was just stuck trying to figure this out, and she never had to do it, never had to pump her own gas. So she's there at the car, and she's literally loudly asking this truck, this work truck with these two guys that were on their way to work next to her, young man, can you help me? I don't know how to pump this gas. Can you help me and show me how to do this? I've got my card here, but I don't know. Do I pay now, or how do I do it? And the two guys looked at her and went, like this, and pointed to other people around them and got in their car and left. (laughs) Then a lady heard her screaming and thought something was wrong. She came over as I was walking up, and she said to the lady, who was probably in her 60s, said, ma'am, is there any way you can help me do this? I I I kid you not. I'm not making this up so that I can make my point today. This lady in her 60s looked at this much, much more elderly lady and said, I've got ice in the car, and it's going to melt. This woman was so confused and upset. No one would help her. So I was like, dun, 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 dun. I've got 10 minutes before I have to be there. It's only five minutes down the road. And I ran over and I said, ma'am, I'll help you absolutely. What do you need? And I walked her through the process. And I showed her how to do it. And she had questions like, how do they know how much money to take out? And I'm like, well, they charge your card $100. And then they just refund whatever you don't use. That's how they do it. They pre-authorize your card if you do it here at the pump. And she's like, well, and she had all these questions and we're going through it. Well, the lady with the ice came running over because she felt bad apparently that somebody was helping her. So I looked at her and I said, what about your ice? I didn't say that, all right? Everyone's like, yeah, I'm glad you said that. Man, next week we're going to work on forgiveness or something. I don't know. No, I, I, I literally, I shot her a look, and it wasn't a kind one. And that look basically said, uh, this is a one-man operation. I don't need your help now, lady. Okay, only one hand can fit around this thing, all right? I got it under control here. I don't need like a button pusher. This isn't a two-man operation. But I didn't say that. I just said, oh, that's okay, I've got it. But I thought to myself, and who knows, she was very grateful, but how many opportunities do we have? to just love someone, and we miss them. All that cost me was five minutes. What did it mean to her? How many opportunities do we miss because we see them as interruptions? I'm supposed to be somewhere. I've got ice in the car. I've got, you know, I just picked up milk. It's going to sour. And we miss them because we see them as interruptions to our schedule and not invitations for God to actually do something Beautiful. The second thing that we can learn is this. In the same scripture there, you're going to notice that both the priest and the Levite saw the man. They were aware that there was a man who looked like he was dying on the side of the road. And it also says in verse 33, but the Samaritan also saw him and took pity on him. What's the difference between three men that saw the same guy, but only one of them took pity? And it's this, and it's this principle that I want to I give you. We have to open our eyes. We have to make room, but we have to open our eyes. We have to open our eyes and change our perspective on things. Let me give you some examples. That's an eye, by the way. What? What just happened? If you see disappointment then you're going to feel discouraged. If you see inconvenience, you're going to feel annoyed. If what you see is rejection, you're going to feel like a failure. What you see and the perspective and how you see it will actually dictate what you feel like doing in that moment. Do you see a lady that by 95 years old should know how to do the gas pump and I'm annoyed because she doesn't know how to do it and this is ridiculous, she shouldn't even be on the road. Do you see that? Or do you see an opportunity to help somebody who, like my sister said, maybe her husband just passed away and he always did that. And now she doesn't know how to do it and she's afraid and alone and just looking for someone to take a moment out and to care for her. What do you see? Same situation, same opportunity, but your perspective changes everything. I want to show you this story if we can. You can dim these lights, the ones that shine on me. I want to show you this story for a moment. It's a beautiful story of a man, in this case, who changed his perspective. And it changed the entire course of how his family is living today.
1: Our final story tonight is about a father and his son, a little boy who's proving the sky's the limit to what he can do in life, thanks to his dad. Amazing photos of him flying have gone viral, inspiring so many people. And NBC's Hallie Jackson has their story. Look right there. Photographer Alan Lawrence takes Uh, hundreds of pictures of his kids, but one of them is not like the others, because of all the Lawrence children, only Will flies
2: will has always wanted to fly ever since he learned to roll over on his stomach
1: so one day dad made it happen sending the photos to friends and family a change from when will was first born and alan didn't share any pictures
2: when the doctor told us he had down syndrome i didn't want people to see him and and know that he had syndrome.
1: It took a wake-up call from his wife to help Alan see beyond the Down syndrome diagnosis. I just had to say, buddy, you know, we will deal with what comes our way. But right now, he's healthy, he's happy, he's beautiful. Woo! <laughs> so and he's special because whether he's eating breakfast or a midnight snack on the farm with his friends, his head in the clouds or his head in the game, Will can fly. And he can dunk.
2: Mostly kids just look at the pictures. They'll turn and look at me.
1: Can he really fly? It's magic, mostly.
2: I'm simply just holding him, and then I go into Photoshop and brush myself out.
1: On Alan's blog, thousands of comments from other parents who appreciate this perspective.
2: Really trying to illustrate how he hasn't placed limits on our family. People with Down syndrome have so much to (laughs) offer the world.
1: It might be a harder journey for him, but he can do anything he wants to do. He can fly. And when Will flies, he lifts all of us with him. Allie Jackson, NBC News, Paradise, Utah. Will and his pop giving us all a lift to end the week. He just simply
0: changed the way he was looking at his son. He just changed his perspective. Same situation, same opportunity, but he allowed himself to see it through different eyes. So I mentioned before if you see disappointment, you feel discouraged, all those things. Let's change that for a second. What if, if you see opportunity, you'll feel courage? If you see progress, you'll feel victory. If you see hurt, you'll feel compassion. And it's true, if you see an interruption, you'll feel frustration. But if you today see an invitation, your heart will burst with anticipation of what you have an opportunity to do. We're going to finish with this little portion of scripture here. This is the greatest interruption that the world has ever seen. When the angel went to Mary and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel of the Lord said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to his son. You're called you're to call him Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of Man the Most High. Lord God will give him the throne of his Father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. Mary says, listen, how is this going to happen? You don't understand the inconvenience of this. This is a major disruption to my life. It's not just that I'm getting pregnant, but I am a virgin. I'm not married. This is going to completely destroy my family's reputation. I don't know how I'm going to explain this to my parents. I'm going to be labeled as a harlot or a whore in this community. You don't understand. This is, this is a major, what you're asking me to be okay with is a major disruption. And what you're asking me to be a part of is a huge sacrifice for my life. And the angel of the Lord said this, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the most power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary replied. That's all she needed. All she needed was the reassurance that this interruption in her life, this disruption, this sacrifice that she would have to make, that the Lord was asking her to do it, number one. And number two, reassuring herself that his word is true and he'll never fail. And she completely changed. She said, yes, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. The reason I know how Mary felt is because if you continue to read in this chapter and you go down to verse 46, you find out that Mary said that my soul glorifies the Lord. Another I think the King James and New King James says, my soul magnifies the Lord. The idea of magnification is, is to zoom in on something. And when you zoom in on something, the things that you saw outside of that, that zoom area, that, that thing that you're, you're focusing on, you don't see it anymore. Mary said this, I, I, I understand it's a sacrifice. I understand that my parents are, are, are going to, are going to have, I'm going to have a difficult conversation with him. I understand that society is going to think something about me. I understand that I'm going to have to have a very, very difficult conversation with my own husband. I understand this inconvenience and this disruption in my life. I get it. But I'm going to magnify, in this case, magnify the opportunity that's in front of me. Think about if Mary refused to, to, to be okay with this. Think about if Mary saw this as an interruption in her life and not an opportunity and an invitation to literally change the course of human history forever. My question is this to every person here today as I get ready to close here. And this is the last thing I'm going to say. This scripture is the last thing today. How many opportunities have we had to dramatically change the lives of those around us that we have stepped over because they were interruptions and inconveniences and required something from us that we weren't willing to give when really they were invitations from God for us to step into and opportunities to see him revealed. Mary saw the invitation. Mary saw that invitation Mary realized that she was being invited into something that would the world would never forget I'm going to close with this and you guys can stay seated so that the folks that are watching us home can see us on Facebook live any of you moms that are watching on Facebook we love you and we bless you we um we We need to make some room in our lives i 'm not here to to like put you in a box i 'm here to to give you the freedom to understand what that looks like for you. We need to make some room in our lives, our schedule, our mind, our wallet, our finances, our budget. We need to to change our perspective on things and open our eyes. We really do. We needed to stop seeing. The things around us that that come at us in the busyness and the rat race of life we need to realize that some of those moments are are God moments that we're missing and we need to learn that when when God's given us an interruption that we begin to realize is an invitation that regardless of the, the collateral sacrifice in our life that that opportunity is worthy of being magnified there's an opportunity today for us to do that on Mother's Day. There's an opportunity to do that tomorrow. There's an opportunity to do that every day of your life. Will you see a, n- a disruption? Will you see an inconvenience? Will you see an interruption? Or will you see an opportunity and an invitation to an encounter with God and his purpose and dream for your life? let's bow our heads together Father we thank you for this message and your words Lord. these two beautiful stories you've given us both of them that have meant so much to the body of Christ but Lord I feel like at times we've missed the point we've missed the point when it came to applying it to our own lives today we, we embark on a mission together to never miss those opportunities again face of things that look like inconveniences or interruptions, today we, we make a decision that we will we will first check in with you before we bypass those opportunities. We'll first find out, Lord, is this, is this you being sneaky and giving me an opportunity to do something? Hear your voice before we just dismiss the things that come our way. Lord, I ask and pray a special blessing today before we leave on every mother in this place, every grandmother, that they will not just be celebrated, but they'll know how much they are valued, how much the sacrifices that they've made time after time have meant to all of us. We ask that you bless them in the mighty name of Jesus and all that are here. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says... Amen. God bless you. We will see you uh, this week. Have a great, great afternoon. If you're with friends and family celebrating our moms.